So while I was working on this sermon this week, um, I knew that I was losing an hour because of daylight savings time. Uh, so I decided to skip the introduction. Actually, uh, that was your introduction. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, thank you for your um, word. It has and does continue to teach us. It has taught us so much. It has helped us to see you. It has helped us to understand you. It has helped us to remember and realize um, not only your love and grace, but your continued involvement in our lives. Not something that was done on the cross years ago and thousands of years ago, and, and well, what difference does that make now? But that new life that you give us and the new life that you continue to unfold before us and in us and through us, and the guidance that your word has given and continues to give. Help us to see that today. Help us to see that again this morning. Help us to be reminded not only of what a great God you are, but what a, a right now God you are. That you are not off in the distance somewhere, but you are right here with us. You don't just give us instructions and leave us on our own. You give us guidance and direction of how to know you better. How to have that closer walk with you. How to rise above the challenges and how not to be so caught up in what's going on here that we forget about you. So remove those distractions from our minds today that we might see you and hear you. Speak to us through your word and by your spirit we ask in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 4. If you want to turn there, page 1085 starts down at the bottom if you're using the Pew Bible. If you're using your Bible, well, that's probably somewhere different. Uh, but uh, a turn there, we're going to, this is, we're, this is the last chapter of our study in Colossians. Notice I didn't say the last message. It's the last chapter. Uh, as I was looking through it, I figured we'll probably finish this up in a, another one to seven weeks. Maybe ten, I don't know. Um, whatever it is, we're going to pick up with verse two. We've already, we looked at verse one. Verse one got pulled in last week with what we were looking at there. Again, it's a whole letter. Um, we're going to look back at a few verses as we go through the sermon too that really feed right into this. But beginning with verse two, chapter four, Colossians chapter four, verse two, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, Pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the message to speak the mystery of the Messiah for which I am in prison so that I may reveal it as I am required to speak. Act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Your speech should always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Now, what a great section for us to be able to spend some time in today. Let's get right into the verses. Notice verse 2 there. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. Now, if I ask you to just take a moment and start jotting down the things you're devoted to, what would be on that list? You know, as you think about the things that you're devoted to, and I say things, you know, people fall into that. Family, certainly, you know, would fall into that. Uh, you know, so what would be on that list if you're thinking about things you're devoted to? Now, let me ask you, where would prayer be on that list of things we're devoted to? 
Now, if I asked your family, gotta love these pictures, don't you? If I asked your family, you know, uh, uh, what you're devoted to, what would they tell me? You know, what does your calendar say that you are devoted to? What does your checkbook say that you are devoted to? Does the things you would put on that list, if you were to list things, does the things on your list that you say you're devoted to, do they match the facts? Do they match the facts of how you spend your time, of how you spend your money? Do they match the facts of what others see you devoting yourselves to? God says here, devote yourselves to prayer. That word devote means to be steadfast. To be steadfast, to devote, you know, to continue steadfastly in a thing and give unremitting care to it. Unremitting care, unwavering, uh, 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 to give a persistent, consistent, faithful effort and time. Not just thinking about it, but that effort and time consistently, persistently, that you persist in this, that you're not easily pushed aside from it you know that that you're not you don't easily set it aside that there is a consistency about it that's what it says when it says to devote yourselves to prayer to have that persistent consistent faithful effort and time putting it in there you know devote yourselves to prayer and stay alert to it it's a choice we make it's a choice we make over and 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 over again. This is what he's telling us. Choose to pray. Repeatedly choose to pray. Not just once, not, not, not just when things are going on, but repeatedly choose to pray. And when you realize you're distracted, then talk to God. Pray. As I was driving uh, to the office this past Monday, uh, I, I was sharing with the guys on Tuesday morning. As I was driving in on Monday, I got to, I know, this is one of those things, again, I remember exactly where I was. I was just entering the roundabout at Leesburg Road, on Bass Road, entering that roundabout at Leesburg, coming toward the office. And, and I was rolling over some frustrations in my mind. Uh, some that had had you know begun and um, and I, and I and uh, you know as as I as I did that I I realized um, this whole list of things that I had been distracted by and as I was entering that roundabout God reminded me how much did you pray about these. One of the principles I try to live by for myself is that I pray about something more than I complain about something. That I pray about something more than I talk about something, more than I talk about my frustrations. And I realized I had not been doing it with, with some of these. You know, I, I realized that I, I was really failing at it, you know, and I often fail at it, but with, you know, with some of the stuff that was going on, but with that reminder from God, I prayed my way all the way into the office as I was, you know, as I was continuing to drive into the office. And uh, I hadn't stayed alert to prayer. I was distracted. I allowed what was bothering me to crowd out remembering to pray. You know, the things that we should have been praying about. And, and, you know, it says stay alert. Some of the translations say be watchful. 
It's not being distracted by, not being consumed with the problems, but rather focused on and responding, it says, with thanksgiving. That was a prolonged, repeated battle for me all week long. I had three, three big things that were just could not get on top of. When I say I couldn't get on top of, they continued to be a frustration for me all week long. Uh, you know, it started, it, they started really at, at the end of last week and, and it just carried over and it hadn't been, you know, not, the three of them hadn't been resolved. They were all independent of each other except for the fact that, you know, they were all taking a tarnation out of me. Uh, you know, and, and, and I was just, I was battling with that all week long. I was challenged over and over and over again. You know, so I told, I told, you know, Pastor Kent this week, I said, I hate living through my sermons sometimes. You know, so really what you're hearing is just how God was working with me this week. You know, and what was, what was happening there. Uh, you know, when, when we're focused on the problem, we're not responding with thanksgiving. I wasn't responding with thanksgiving. In fact, I was quite irritated. You know, and I was, I was, uh, you know, I, we're distracted and we respond with worry, with complaining, with despondency or, or even worse. You know, and, and I was I was there and I knew that I was there in all three of these areas. I knew that I was there and I knew then I had to walk carefully. I had to tread very carefully. Because in all three situations, there were people I really wanted to Give some of my helpful hints too. You know, lucky Ginny, she got to hear them all. Um, I was just, I, I was, uh, you know, it was um, just, you know, in all three situations, it was just like, come on, you know, just do it, you know, just do what you're supposed to do. And, you know, and I knew, I knew I had to walk carefully, not emotionally. You know, I, and I even thought, I could tell them off in a calm way. You know, I, 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 could, get, I could make my point in a calm way. And in all three, situ- <laughs> in all three situations, you know, um, what was interesting to me was on Friday, after I was done with the sermon, and all three of those were resolved. Uh, you know, and it was just like, you know, God, this—I uh, I, I would have remembered if you would have just taken care of it on Monday. Um, you know, um, I would have been—I I, I would have been—I would have been fine with that. You know, but when we're alert, you know, when we're alert and devoted to prayer, we're focused on God and we're more able to have that attitude of thanksgiving. You know, that, that whole attitude of thanksgiving. Not because of the challenges and difficulties. I wasn't thankful for a single one of these things. You know, and to say that I am now, yeah, no, I, I wasn't thankful for a single one of these things. I wasn't. You know, I, I was thankful that God, I was thankful that God was with me through them. I was thankful that I wasn't alone in any one of them. You know, we can still be thankful. You know, we can be th- I was thankful that God was with me. 
Uh, you know, and, and, and I was thankful he was not unaware of what was happening. And I had to remind myself over and over again, he's got this. You know, this, is, this works out in his timing, not my frustration. It doesn't work out in the way I think is best, but in the way he knows is best. And I had to remind myself, he's got me, even now, even now, even in the midst of those. You know, we know one day we're going to leave all this behind, you know, and be in his presence forever. But, you know, the the reality is what we live in right now. Repeatedly choose to pray and focus on God. Seeing Seeing your challenges in light of God rather than in spite of God. God, you can change this. We say that sometimes meaning, God, you're letting me down. You can change this and I don't know why you won't. Because I, certainly I know, what, I know what, what's better here. I know what's best here. But that's not the reality, is it? The thanksgiving is that God is still God even in the midst of all of those situations. Whether they are solved in one day or whether they are prolonged and dragged out much longer than we even see a reason for. God is got repeatedly choose to pray and focus on God. Now it says in verse three, then at the same time, pray for us, pray also for us at the same time. You know, I was having a hard enough time praying, you know, uh, I, I did pray more when God reminded me, you know, and, and then repeatedly throughout the throughout. The, and, and one of the things really that I am grateful for was God reminding me is that I didn't um, Give anyone a piece of my mind because, you know, Lord knows I need all I, all I got for myself. And, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I kept my mouth shut. And, you know, and Ginny asked me after some of them, did you say something to him? I said, nope. Nope. Wouldn't, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have accomplished anything. You know, it didn't seem to be what God would have for me. He says, at the same time, pray for us also. When we're devoted to prayer, we're more likely to see the needs of others rather than simply being distracted by our own struggles. You know, when, when we do that, when we're devoted to prayer, we'll begin to see the needs of others rather than simply being distracted by our own struggles and what's going on in our, in our own life. Now, it's not wrong to pray for your own needs. In fact, we're told to pray for our own concerns. Part of what Jesus taught his followers to pray, you know, forgive us our trespasses and give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not in temptation. Deliver us from evil. All of those are personal concerns. All of those deal with me. You know, you know, Lord, and, and this is part of what he taught us to pray. You know, that today, today, provide for me today, you know, and, and please don't, you know, don't lead us into temptation. Deliver us from evil. We need that, and we need those things. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, don't worry about anything. But it, oh boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about anything. Have that tattooed on your forehead backwards so every time you look in the mirror you'll see it. Just a thought. Uh, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with Thanksgiving, there's that word again, with thanksgiving. I guess that's two words. Uh, let your request be made known to God. Bring your request to God. Talk with Him about your concerns rather than complaining about them. 
talk with him about those concerns. Also take time to thank him. Thank him for what he's done. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for what is to come. Thank him for another day to walk with him, even in the midst of those frustrations. But being devoted to prayer is broader than just your own needs. It includes the needs of others. You know, as he says, uh, at the same time, pray also for us, pulling in those needs of others. Notice what he asks for concerning, you know, he asks prayer for concerning things. He says that God may open a door to us for the message to speak the mystery of the Messiah. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel. While you're praying, pray for those opportunities to share the gospel. More than once this week, more than once this week, as I was going through this stuff, and I thought to myself, boy, what a great witness that would be. They walked into church on Sunday after I told them off. You know, what is it, what is it that, that we're doing? You know, sharing the gospel. Pray, you know, pray for opportunities for yourself and for others. You know, for, for, for both, you know, when we're, when we're devoted to pray, uh, God makes us more aware of those opportunities to tell others about Jesus. You know, he makes us more aware of those. Now, the door that usually needs opening on this, uh, you know, is, is uh, on speaking to others. You know, the, the door that usually needs opening on this is the door for us to speak more to others about Jesus. You know, our reluctance, our reluctance to tell others about Jesus sometimes seems to know no bounds. You know, that reluctance to, you know, to open our mouth and say something, uh, you know, but we should pray. We should pray, you know, for those that we'll be speaking to as well. Ask God to open their hearts. Ask God to prepare them. Ask God to help them see their need for him. Ask God to, to make that way wide open for you. Here Paul refers to the gospel, he says, as the mystery of the Messiah. Mystery in, in Scripture, mystery, it, it doesn't mean you know, something spooky or something unknowable. Um, mystery refers to something previously unknown but now is revealed by God. That's all it means. You know, it is, uh, uh, theologically, there's the definition of mystery for you. Uh, you know, that, that, that uh, you know, it's something previously unknown, but now it's revealed by God. They didn't know, uh, did, did uh, you know, it says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Did Abraham know Jesus? Jesus hadn't come yet, but he knew God. You know, and he believed God. And later that mystery of who the Messiah was was revealed. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, And most certainly the mystery of godliness is great. He was manifested in the flesh, speaking of Jesus. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. There's the mystery revealed for you. Earlier in Colossians, I told you, you know, we'd be looking at some of the earlier in Colossians chapter one. He says, I have become its servant according to the administration that was given to me for you to make God's message fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. 
He wanted to make known the reality of this personal relationship with Christ. He wanted to unveil that. Chapter 2, still in Colossians, he says, I, wanted, I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. Because all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. To those who don't yet know Christ, we get to share with them the mystery, what they do not yet know. What they don't yet know that, that you know, of, of the Messiah of Christ. And it continues, he says, so that I may reveal it as I am required to speak. In chapter 3, we saw, you know, what the conduct and values of God's people should be and how they should be living, even as we began into chapter 4 here. But notice, in verse 3, he says that we must speak the mystery, the message about Jesus Christ. In verse 4 here, he says that he is required to speak the message. Living a changed life is important, but if you think that, you, that living a changed life is all that, that is going to, is that going to be your only witness, you know, that others will see what a, others will see what a devoted follower of Christ I am, and certainly just by their observing the way I, which I live my life, they will fall on their knees and beg God to forgive them. You need to speak to others about Christ. Certainly you need to live the way he's taught, he's, he tells us, you know, but that is not enough of a witness. We must also speak to others about Christ Jesus. Use words, speak up, tell people about Jesus. You know, they, they, they may not know that they need to hear even, you know, speak to them, reveal it, make it clear, as clear as you can. You know, speak boldly about Jesus. Don't, don't focus on how they should be behaving, okay? Don't make the focus how they should be behaving. That is a distraction. Tell them about Jesus. You know, don't look to change their actions. Look to have Jesus change their hearts. Then their actions will change. You know, get them to come to know Jesus. You know, tell them how you came into a relationship with Christ. Tell them how he's changed your life. You know, tell them what you have learned about Jesus. Tell them, speak to them, open your mouth. Don't remain silent when people need to know about Jesus. Don't keep silent when they need to know. You may be the one to fill in that missing piece for them. You, you may be, simply be one of the people that God uses in their life. All of us heard about the gospel more than one time and from more than one person before we came to realize what Christ has done for us. All of us have talked to multiple people and multiple people have poured into our life. If you were brought up in the church, it's the same thing. Multiple Sunday school teachers, pastors, friends, and they told you about Christ. If you, if you came to Christ later, you know, like I did, you know, after you, you know, you were raised a bit, um, when I say a bit because I still got a ways to go. But you know, after we're, after we're, and then you begin to hear and, and it's, it's multiple people who pour into your life. Maybe you are simply one of those people that God is going to use in their life to draw them closer to Christ. Speak to them. Tell them about Jesus. 
I love how the blind man uh, did this, you know, when Jesus, uh, Jesus healed the, that blind man and he spoke to the Jewish leaders about what God had done in his life. And he says, he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. He goes on, he says, then the man answered, that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to a godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. You see, and he, this, this guy just had this encounter with Christ, never really even saw him face to face yet at this point because he was told to go and wash and Jesus wasn't there when he did that and yet he's telling them and sharing with them what Jesus had done in his life I was challenged. I'm challenged also as I, as I read through the book of Acts how those who were hunted down by Paul uh, spoke to others about Jesus. Acts chapter 11, it says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, and when Stephen was killed, it says Paul was there, they laid their, they laid their coats at, at the feet of a man named Saul. And then we're told that Saul went about uh, hunting down the Christians. Uh, but he was killed. They traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word among the Jews. What are they doing? They're literally running for their lives, and yet they're taking time to spread the word. It says, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak. There it is again, began to speak. They told people, you know, uh, to Greeks also, telling them, open their mouth, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Speak to others. Speak to others about Christ Jesus. Don't be distracted about what you're going through. They were going through persecution. As they went, as they were, as they were fleeing for their lives, as they fled for their lives, they still took time to speak to people, to spread the word about Jesus, to tell people about who he was. They began to speak to people. They began to speak to Greeks, which they wouldn't have done otherwise. They wouldn't have done that. God helped them cross that barrier why because of persecution that was coming into their lives because of the situation he had in there he squeezed them just a little bit more and popped them into a situation where they would not have been and they took that time and that opportunity instead of complaining about it they began to speak they were telling them the good news about jesus be part of that process that god uses to tell other people about jesus part of that process that god uses to turn other people to the lord Verse 5, he says, act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Outsiders here meaning those who are not yet part of God's family. Those who don't yet uh, have that relationship with Jesus. Uh, you know, speak, he's, uh, act wisely toward them, making the most of those opportunities. Those who don't know yet Jesus, you know, act wisely. Conduct yourself with wisdom. Uh, let me put this in, in today's vernacular for you. Don't be stupid. Don't act like you don't know Jesus. Don't act you know, like you don't have a relationship with him. You know, acting wisely means you shouldn't just sit back. You should, you know, you act wisely. Intentionally engage those who don't yet know Christ. Intentionally engage them. Don't just sit back and do nothing. Engage them, making the most of the time, making the most of each opportunity you are given. And usually, usually the opportunities you are given are not formal opportunities. They're, they're not opportunities. They're, not, they're most often not planned time. 
Use the time you have. You may wish you had more time, but use the time that you have. They may only listen to a sentence or two, but use the time that you have. You, know, you, you may only connect with someone in passing on an elevator, on a hallway, passing in the street. You know, use that time to intentionally engage those who don't yet know Christ. Intentionally use that time. Treat that time as something precious, something important, as a gift from God to you to be able to tell someone about Christ Jesus, to be able to tell someone and talk to them about what God has done in your life and who he is and what he means to you. And then he says, verse 6, your speech should always be gracious. Always gracious. Really, always I have a hard enough time being gracious once in a while. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, that, that is not my wheelhouse. Now, if it's said here that your speech should always be a smart aleck comment, now that I have a natural bent toward. That, you know, that, that I, I, I'm right there. But always, that seems to be asking an awful lot. I mean, really, it seems to be asking, yeah, there it is. My speech should always be gracious. I would like to use the excuse that gracious is not in my nature. God did not make me gracious. It's just not me. But what this verse makes clear to me is that while I may not be made that way, God wants to remake me that way. This is the way he wants me to be. He wants to remake me that way second corinthians chapter five therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation old things they've passed away and look new things have come god wants to remake me ephesians chapter four you took off your former way of life the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires You are being renewed in the spirit of your mind. You put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. There it is. God wants me to leave the old behind, to put off the old, and put on the new self created according to God's likeness. The new self created according to God's likeness. If you're wondering whether something in your life, you know, is is uh, you know, part of the new life or the old life, is it according to God's likeness? Is this the way that you would see God acting, living, behaving? You know, you know, and what God has called me to be, he's also willing to help me become that new person. Earlier again in Colossians, he says, "Do not lie to one another." Since you've put off that old self with its practices, you've put on the new self, you are being renewed in knowledge according to your creator. You see, so now I am without excuse, but I am also not without help. I am a new man in Christ, but I am being renewed as I walk with him. 
I'm being renewed as I walk with him. I am being renewed as I open my life to him. I am being renewed as I yield to him. I am being renewed as I follow him. My speech should not only be gracious here, but it says seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. Salt enhances, enhances the flavor. They also use it as a preservative. You know, uh, salt makes you thirsty, makes you want to satisfy that thirst. My, my, my speech is not only to be gracious, but also to enhance Jesus. To draw people to him, you know, to preserve, to honor his name, to bring glory to his name. That's what my speech is supposed to do, to create a thirst that only Jesus can satisfy. He says, do this so that you may know how you should answer each person. Again, I just really like the response of that former blind man. You know, when he was asked to agree with the Jewish leaders, uh, accusing Jesus of being a sinner, he says, whether or not you know, he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know. You know, I was blind, but now I... Sometimes the right answer is, I don't know. Sometimes that's the right answer. Admit you don't know. Some discussions you get into, you're going to get into discussions with some people, and they will, they will get into a discussion with you only because they want to confuse you, only because they want to uh, mock you, only because you know, they, they want to win an argument. Don't go there. You don't, have, you don't have to show up to every argument you're invited to. Don't go there. You know, don't, don't do it. Why, why? I don't know is an answer sometimes. But don't stop there. Notice what he says. You know, this, this, this much, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, you know, he says, but, you know, but. One thing I do know, what he's done in my life. Tell them what you do know about Jesus. Tell them why you are devoted to Jesus. Tell them what you know from the Bible. Tell them what you know from what he's done in your life. Tell them what you know of what he's done in the lives of others you know, you know, and others you know about, particularly those that you see in the Bible, what he has done in the lives of people. Your speech should be gracious as you tell them what you know about Jesus. Be devoted. Be devoted to following Jesus, not distracted by anyone or anything else. Be devoted Devoted to following him, not distracted by other things. Devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the message. To speak the mystery of the Messiah for which I am in prison so that I may reveal it as I am required to speak. Act wisely toward outsiders making the most of the time. Your speech should always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Let's pray. Father, I'm challenged by your word and by your truth. And I am also relieved that I don't face this challenge alone. You are there with me. You want me to be able to 
speak to others. You want me to be devoted to prayer. You want me to have my attention so uh, focused on you that I'm not distracted by the challenges I face. Certainly I'm aware of them, but I'm more aware of you in the midst of what's going on, in the midst of where I'm at, to remember that you are with me, that you are there, and that I am being made new. Thank you for that new life that is ours. Thank you that you didn't just leave us on our own. Lord, help us to be those people that are devoted to you, not distracted by what's going on. We ask that in your name and for your glory. Amen.